Hi everyone, welcome back to The Rhythmic Body. This is season five, episode two, and this season we're talking all about being a woman. And I couldn't let this season happen without talking about beauty. Um, because I think it's something that most women consider. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's obsessed with it. It doesn't necessarily mean their own beauty. Um, but beauty is a concept that I think is relevant to women. And I'm going to share today a framework that once I understood this, it completely shifted how I judged myself in a good way and how I could appreciate my own beauty in a good way. And I have never shared it actually before. I don't think I've even shared the framework with anyone. Um, it's from an evolutionary perspective, but I've never heard any other evolutionary biologists or, any, or anyone outline this particular framework. I've heard things around it and things related to it, but um, to me, it makes complete sense. And I want to share it with you today in the hope that it helps because it has helped me. Like, I just can't even explain how much um, just to like be at peace with who I am, how I look, how beauty fits into my life, etc. Um, so I guess first, no, let's go straight into the framework. Let's just go for it. So... If you missed last week, I do actually recommend that you go and listen to last week because I outlined how um, the two sexes complement each other in life. So I outlined a little bit about why we do have males and females in the spe in our species, human Homo sapiens, human beings, and um, why we are meant to collaborate together. And also, I talked a little bit about how actually part of what drives our species is not only survival but also reproduction and how that reproduction is actually built into our decision making and our choosing of our partners whether or not we are conscious of it or not and more than often we are not conscious of that level that's going on. Um, so most of what we're conscious of are the things like falling in love and like being excited about dates and this person gives me the butterflies and all those things. Um, and like I can imagine my life in this way with this person or this person's personality complements me in this way or um, we have the same, you know, values and those kinds of things. Um, and that's certainly one level of it, but it's it's only one level. And there are levels underneath that, which are subconscious. And again, I'm, I'm sharing what I've understood to be true. I'm sharing what I've learned from the research on um, evolution that I've done and the training that I've had. And I'm sharing it with you. You do not have to take this. You can literally be like, I don't like that framework and just leave it. Like, this is not um, a must at all but I think it's helpful so 
as I said, if you haven't watched last week's episode, I do recommend watching it because it will give you a good grounding for what I'm going to be talking about today. But what's most important to have understood from what I talked about last week is that when we're choosing a partner, part of what is happening subconsciously is that we are looking for someone whose genetics are going to complement our genetics. Now, I will insert here the fact that genes are not everything. Genes can be, um, let me oversimplify, but like turned off and turned on during our lifetime, depending on what we actually do, the choices that we actually make inside of our life. So our genetics are not completely deterministic, but they are part of who we are. Like there's no denying that. So when we're choosing a partner, we are actually subconsciously looking for someone whose genes are going to complement our own and how on earth do we measure what's going to complement our genes and the answer to that is looking for genes that within the environment that environment that we live in and the things that we see and the experiences that we've had what offspring are going to flourish in that environment that's what we're doing on a subconscious level um so once you've understood that you're gonna start to look at beauty in a very different way because of course I think beauty we can look at it in so many different ways and there are certainly things about beauty that you know we can talk about on an artistic level and we can talk about color and we can talk about um form and shape and these things that's fine that's still on the conscious level um what beauty really is when it comes down to human beings on like a scientific evolutionary level is beauty is about health markers. What are health markers? Health markers are things that can be seen from the outside that indicate how healthy a person is. Now, why on earth should health matter at all? Well, as we know, evolution's goals, like the goals of every species, whether plant or animal or human, obviously we're animals too, is to survive and reproduce. Now, those are the biological desires. That does not mean that that is what we have to do. As I repeat a million times, we always have a choice and it is not by any means our destiny to do that individually, Um, but it is the species um, destiny and desire to continue itself. Now that doesn't, that's not guaranteed, obviously, you know, dinosaurs were here, they're not here now. There are many other factors going on that we can't, um, control. Back to my point, beauty is evidence of health suited to the environment that we're in. That was its original, um, kind of, meaning and what's happened on top of that is that we've added in many different social layers kind of like agreements there's a lot of stuff about superiority and inferiority of different groups so lineages so places and people which have nothing to do with the original health markers and this is more about competition in terms of beauty so for example the idea that one hair color is better than another hair color, that is just not, that has absolutely nothing to do with health. The idea that one skin color is better than another skin color has nothing to do with health. Um, As I talked about last week, it will be indicative of other things about being 
particularly suited to a certain environment. So for example, if you were born with a very light hair colour, chances are you live further away from the equator. Now, why would that be the case? The only reason is because, again, with a lighter hair colour, you still have hair to keep you warm and have insulation, etc. But um, more vitamin D can penetrate the scalp and can go into the body and be used to promote health. So um, this is, again, not good or bad. It's literally not good or bad. Um, But stories have been told about certain characteristics of beauty that we have now believed is actually what beauty is, when it isn't. It absolutely isn't. These are just certain markers to to show this is where I'm suited to living because of my ancestors. And again, like I said last week, that doesn't mean that's where you have to live. Like none of us live a natural lifestyle anymore anyway. Like we're not outside in the sun (laughs) enough, really. Um, We're not, you know, we don't need to regulate our temperature as much because we're quite often in temperature controlled places, etc. So, but there are some general health markers um, which seem to appear across cultures, which would give us an indication that these are a little bit more... um, that these are a little bit more kind of general for the species. Some of those are, for example, um, the the quality of the skin, nothing to do with the colour, but uh, if there are imbalances and health issues, those are sometimes seen on the skin. Parasites in the body will sometimes be seen in different things either on the skin or also other things like how we move that's a really big one for health um how people walk like their gait it's called is the official word um for example um quality of hair like different things and that's not to say what type okay but these are some health markers and then of course there are body health markers whereby And again, this is going to be super controversial, but it's just a fact that there is a range and it is a range. Okay, there is no one type of ideal body at all. Again, it depends what that body is suited to doing and what the environment that body exists within. Is it advantageous to the things that need to be done in that environment or is it not advantageous? And um, there is a range within which we... A kind of have a healthy body for what we need to be able to do with our body and there are extremes of that where it starts to become unhealthy and it is therefore understandable that at the extremes where the body has become unhealthy whether that's to do with um, absolutely no muscle mass whether it's to do with absolutely no fat storage or far too much fat storage at the very extremes this does tend to be not um, considered beautiful. And the range is big. I want to be very clear on this. There is no, like, it's not a narrow bracket. There's a big range. And what I'll say right now is that depending on the person looking, like when we say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I've just explained there that there are some universals in general that go for men and women, by the way. I wasn't just talking about women there in case you were thinking that I was. I was talking about men and women. Um, But it depends who's doing the looking. 
what we would consider to complement our own genes. And very often that doesn't mean the same as our genes. In fact, more often than not, it's about someone who's got different genes. Um, let me just insert here a little thing about incest, which is something that biologically we are programmed against. So for example, the genes of, for example, our brother or sister are very similar to our own. Obviously they're not exactly the same unless you're twins. Um, we are biologically programmed to not be physically attracted to our siblings because it's actually not good to have um, genes coming together that are too similar. That's where sometimes mutations can happen which are not beneficial to the offspring. And so we have built-in biological mechanisms to avoid that. And that's a good thing. So in some ways, what we're actually looking for is uh, is our genes or the other half of the chromosomes which are going to complement because they're different enough but are also going to help us in the environment where we exist. So for example, and I want to give some really concrete examples here um, because I think it's important that we start to see ourselves in the through the eyes of the people who find us beautiful, especially if that's not our own eyes. So, you know, it's quite a typical question to ask someone, like, what's your type? And people will often talk about characteristics that aren't actually going to be anything to do with um, genetic compatibility, necessarily. So they might talk about hair colour or eye colour or, like, whatever, and again, that's nothing to do with health. That might be something to do with the environmental choice, and that's fine. Um, but I'm going to start with one of the easiest and one of my favorite um, patterns that you can start to look for in your own life, which is we are looking also at like structurally, so like bone structure and constitution, someone that is going to complement us so that our offspring have the best chance of finding their partner. Now, give me a second because this is going to take a moment just while I outline everything. What we consider to be beautiful many times, like there are the health markers, which I think most people will agree on. But actually, when it comes to beauty in a more like high level of like what we'll agree on, it tends to be the most average faces. And if you've seen, um, there, there are really cool, like, uh, what is it called? Visual imaging things where they just keep putting face on top of face, on top of face, on top of face, and it like merges, like it blends the faces. And the more faces they put on top of each other, the more beautiful that face seems to become. And one of the reasons for that is because what the faces that we have been exposed to through our lives, and remember that those are like many more faces than we would have been exposed to even a hundred years ago, never mind a thousand years ago. Um, we are thinking the more average our offspring is, the more average the face of our offspring is, the more chance they have at, at the more options of partners. And let me explain why that is. We are looking for structural robustness, so like structural averageness almost. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily 
more beautiful, but just that more people will find that attractive. And let me explain now why. So if you start to look for the difference between longer faces and wider faces, you will more often than not realize that quite often those people end up together. If you notice more angular features versus slightly softer, rounder features, you will know that those people quite often end up together. Now, why would this be? And it might be a pattern that you've never, ever noticed before. Why would this be? Because if you have a longer face, like I do, and you um, mate with someone else, you know, reproduce with someone else that has a longer face like you, the chances of your offspring having an even longer face are higher. And eventually, like if, if that just continued, if you just kept reproducing with long faced people, long, 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 eventually it's going to become structurally unsound. Okay. And the same thing would happen, like because of, for example, um, you, we need enough width in our face for things like our jaw, for things like the airways, for things like other many things. And then if I go to the opposite side, if you're if you have a wider face and you mate with someone else who has a wider face, chances are your offspring is going to have an even wider face. And then if that continues, just wide faces, wide faces, wide faces, eventually what might end up happening is that vision starts to be not as great because the eyes are too far outset um, and there might be other things. So there are reasons why human beings have like a kind of average face structure for what we kind of see that to be because it's helped us in our evolution. Obviously, there are animals that have eyes like right on the side of the head, but their brain interprets the information that comes in through the eyes in a completely different way than we do. So um, how that works then is that, for example... (laughs) I think I'll take me and Jordan because I have a longer face and Jordan has a wider face. The idea is that our kid is hopefully going to have an averagey face and it's not going to be too one way or too the other way. Now, the funniest thing about all of this is that we somehow think that people that have the most average faces have these very special faces, but actually it's not. It's the opposite of that. They have just very average faces, very average features. Things are kind of like more or less in proportion and that is something that more people will find attractive, but it doesn't mean that for the right people, the most beautiful people for us are the people that are going to structurally complement our own features. And that even goes for the features that we ourselves hate. So for example, I actually used to hate having a long face. When I was at school, I remember that like someone's pointing it out to me and I thought it was the worst thing in the world and I just wished that I had a wide face. And if you've just heard me speak now and you're someone with a wide face, maybe you're thinking like, oh, it's awful, I wish I had a long face. Now, why are you wishing that? It's not because you actually have to have that. It's because um, you will be attracted to people with the opposite shaped face to you in some ways. And if you already have an average face, chances are you'll be attracted to someone else with an average face. And there, and that's how we think of beautiful people get other beautiful people. Okay, but it's not really about beauty. It's about this thing that I'm talking about. It's about structural, um, yeah, kind of advantages and robustness. So even for the things that you hate about yourself, and I'm going to share something now that I've never shared online and that I 
haven't even shared with like all my friends and it's something that for the longest time in my life I was so embarrassed by like the shame was so deep I hated myself so much for this that I just couldn't even consider that I might be beautiful to someone else um, especially like when I was a teenager and that is that I have an underbite so there you go you just saw it there (laughs) I hardly ever do that face um now what that is is a structural abnormality okay and for the and I and I knew this right I knew this growing up I was like I'm different this is not good and the reason that it's not good is because I can't for example like bite something clean from the front like there's just not a match right my teeth don't go perfectly one on top of the other and that is something that is not advantageous okay to human beings and I just want to say now for the longest time I hated myself for that and I'm like I'm not perfect this is awful no one's ever going to find me attractive like blah 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 and I'm not allowed to love myself because I'm not perfect now nearly all of us have some kind of (laughs) abnormalities and people may hate that word but I hope if anything that this episode and me sharing these things can help you to just accept that you're not perfect and you can still be beautiful, especially to the right person who's going to structurally compliment you. Now, Jordan has a weaker jaw than I do. His teeth go almost a tiny bit too far back behind his front teeth. And so you know, none of this was conscious, especially on his part. Like, even when I tell him these theories, he's still like, I don't really get it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But our faces will complement each other for our offspring, okay? And so I also get women who are like, who tell me things like, oh, you know, I hate this thing about myself, that thing about myself. And when I look at their partner, I'm like, yeah, you've chosen someone that's going to compliment that. So why you don't need to hate that about yourself? Like none of us were supposed to be perfect on our own. Like this is all about how do we compliment each other? Um, and so, for example, um, now there's a there's a trend of like bigger lips and those kinds of things. Jordan has big lips. He's not actually attracted to the women who have like massive lips or who have, uh, you know, his fillers and that kind of thing because he already has big lips. So he doesn't really get what the whole thing is about. Right. That's because for him, it's not. And also the faces that he's grown up around like this would be different if you grow up in a community of people with big lips, because that's part of your lineage. That's part of your genetic makeup in your in your whole community, in your lineage. That's why I say that the faces that you have been exposed to are going to influence what is the average for you. That's really important. There is no global average. There is no global, this is the one thing that we're aiming for. Although we must be aware that the more we're exposed to all kinds of different faces, the more we are going to be aiming for something like that subconsciously. Um, but that is not not right or wrong. Like there are so many ways to be a healthy human. There are so many ways that that looks. There are so many ways to look um, and be complimented by someone else. And so let me finish with this, which is that not only will the people that you're attracted to in the opposite sex, if you listen, one thing that I will say, if you're on the pill, some of this is switched off because some of this is hormone driven. Like I've said, like it's not conscious. The conscious conscious stuff will be like, oh, he's got a lovely smile. And the conscious stuff will be like, oh, I, I love how tall he is. Or, you know, the typical stuff. 
No, this is on another level. And so if you're on hormonal birth control and you want to play around with seeing how this works for yourself, you're probably going to need to uh, not be on it because lots of things are being like created artificially in your body rather than your natural hormones. Um, What did I want to say with this? And now I've got a whole thing about the pill, which I'll talk about. I will talk about female hormones in one of these episodes. Um, Yes, but this doesn't just work for your own um, sex. Uh, Sorry, for for the opposite sex. So it's not just you're attracted to people with those faces in the opposite sex. But like I said, whether or not you're attracted to the same sex or the opposite sex, you will notice that this also happens with your same sex. So for example, the women that I always found to be most beautiful were not the ones with long faces, which reinforced even more that my face was wrong, okay? So actually, when you realize that I'm attracted to people, human beings, and like I'm not attracted to women in in that kind of way, but I certainly find women very beautiful, but the ones who I mainly find beautiful are the ones who would uh, like compliment my <laughs> structure and who I am as a person. So, you know, there are so many other examples of this, like people who have bigger noses who think like this is really bad and they end up with someone who has a small nose. That's because structurally, like we want the nose to work, like we want the passages, like it do- if it gets too small, like you can see this in dog breeds, if it gets too small, they find it really difficult to breathe. And if it gets too big I mean I don't know about um too big but I guess it like changes the balance of the face and like other things I don't know like I haven't looked into all these but the thing that you don't like about yourself someone will find that structurally complementary to how their face is okay so if anything I hope that this has just given you permission to be who you are and know that the way that your partner or your future partner sees you is not how you see yourself They see you as beautiful because you are beautiful to them because they're going to be attracted to the things that you bring that complement what they lack, okay? So this has been a really weird episode. I would love to hear your thoughts. Did it make sense? Do you notice these patterns? Um, And there's so much more I could say, but I want to keep this short because I feel like this concept is so big. It's good to just take it, let it sink in and start to... Just look at the world in this way and see what you notice and then report back if you want to because I'd love to hear. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this episode, guys. Um, I will be back next week and wishing you a lovely weekend. Bye, everyone. <laughs>